0: Hello, everybody. Welcome uh, back to the Keep It Simple podcast. Uh, this is episode 10, uh, and today I have my new friend, relatively new friend, uh, Luke Edwards, on. Uh, Luke uh, is a United Methodist pastor, he is the Associate Director of Church Development. Uh, for the entire Western North Carolina conference. Uh, he is a church planter and has developed my, uh, countless micro-faith communities um, and is a published author. Uh, Luke has written a book, Becoming Church, which is a trail guide for starting fresh expressions. It's a great book. I've read it and, uh, and encourage you to read it as well one fun fact about luke is he likes to drink blueberries in his beer and so luke (laughs) welcome uh to the keep it simple podcast thank you i know you're busy uh thank you for making time to come on
1: thanks ben and thanks for bringing up the blueberries
0: yeah yeah so backstory to that a few weeks ago or whatever that was we were out for dinner and and um Uh, We were at a local brewery, and there was, as it is, there's this long menu of beers, you know, and uh, Luke orders a a beer uh and it comes it was a a wheat a wheat wheat beer a wheat beer and it comes (laughs) and it literally has blueberries (laughs) floating in it um so i had to razz his beans a little bit over that but um yeah so uh before coming on air you were just telling me you've been in like this insanely busy stretch of traveling and communicating and and um uh yeah so thank you for making time um I know what that's yeah, like to be stretched thin and pulled in all these directions. Um, and I really, really do appreciate you making time to come on, man. So where have you been? What you been doing?
1: Yeah, so the past—this uh, fall has been a busier one uh, than usual. I, uh, so I, I work for the Western North Carolina Conference um, full-time as the Associate Director of Church Development, and my primary role— is to help start Fresh Expressions of Church across the conference. So I I work with churches, with leaders, uh, lay and clergy um, to just be a a companion, a a guide, a helper um, as folks are starting these new forms of church, just kind of small organic forms of church um, that we call Fresh Expressions. Um, They meet out in the community, uh, typically in public places uh, with particularly with folks that aren't connected to church on Sunday mornings, folks that probably will never connect with church on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do that for my uh, full-time work and then uh, also uh, do stuff beyond the conference on occasion. So I uh, was at a, a event up in Pittsburgh this week uh, talking about fresh expressions with United Methodists um, from Pennsylvania and West Virginia. and. Wow. Um, we, we were together uh, with folks in Florida uh, talking about rural fresh expressions yeah. and folks from all over the place. So get to kind of speak into the movement in, in other places on occasion. But, uh, yeah, for the line share, just focus on Western North Carolina and um, empowering leaders here to, to reach out, start these micro communities.
0: Yeah. So, you've talked about Fresh Expressions there, and for the average listener, folks that stumble on this, what, what is that? What does it look like? What are some examples? Um, specifically, I love this idea of connecting with people who, very realistically, may never step foot in a church. Um, that's exciting. Uh, so just kind of walk us through for people who maybe have never even heard of a fresh expression or um, these micro communities of faith, uh, just kind of layman's terms, walk us through what that, what that looks like.
1: Sure. Yeah. So simply put a fresh expression of church is just, it's a new form of church for folks that wouldn't come to church on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they typically uh take shape out in the community. Um, They're led by a couple of folks from a church, uh, a couple of um, folks who want to, you know, share their faith with with folks out in the community um, and to build a community uh, together. And uh, it's a movement that started in England in 2004 out of the Church of England. So it's like got some pretty strong denominational uh, uh, roots, which is cool because there's a lot of like organic kind of church movements that have emerged over the years. But um, I think this is kind of the first one that really emerged out of a a kind of high church, high denominational Mm -hmm. um, background. And so it's got a little bit of a a different flavor to it, which has resonated with uh, folks in the United Methodist Church in the U.S. um, and then other denominations as well. Uh, So it's really a, a, a... a kind of mainline denominational movement, um, so that uh, has that kind of flavor added on to the kind of organic church, house church movement, the micro church movement, mm-hmm. um, so there's a whole bunch of names for kind of the same thing, but this one, um, it provides a, a way of um, rooting it in an existing church mm-hmm. and rooting it in a denomination. And, um, and so, like, some examples of a Fresh Expression might be, like, like, I led a network of Fresh Expressions in Boone, North Carolina for six years, and we had a gathering at the Boone Saloon on Sunday nights. Um, they didn't have any blueberry beers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good. They were the highest per capita seller of, um, or one of the highest per capita sellers of PBR in the country. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> kind of a, a dive bar, but um, they... We had a gathering on Sunday nights, about, usually about a dozen folks, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, pull some tables together. I'd print out a, a little passage of scripture on a piece of paper, pass it out, we'd read it, um, we'd talk about it for a while, I'd ask like four to five open-ended questions about it, kind of related to people's personal lives, to their to our kind of communal life as a group, to, um, to the world around us, and... And we talk about that topic for about an hour and um, just kind of share life together, grow closer together, grow closer to God together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the folks that came to that were, you know, s- some of them were pretty strong Christians. A lot of them were kind of maybe Christian, maybe not. And then some, like, definitely weren't Christian, but were just interested in the conversation, interested in the community. Wow. So, so yeah, that's, that's one example. I got a bunch, so you just tell me how many you want. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, so that... um it's interesting. So, so going into that scenario, there's no strings attached, right? And so it's not it's not meeting at the dive bar with an ultimate goal of moving those people from the dive bar into your pews or into your chairs, right? Like the dive bar is the goal.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the the end goal of a fresh expression is to form church with a group of people you're connecting with. Um, and and a lot of fresh expressions start by building a, a small social community before they build spiritual community, okay. too. So like that that boonsaloon group, we, we had potlucks for a summer before we ever had a, a gathering where we talked about um, spiritual topics. And then a lot of other fresh expressions will take uh, even more time than that to yeah. kind of build that social community.
0: And that, so that kind of answers... The next question that I had is, you know, you're talking about uh, having a passage or a piece of scripture, passing that around. Um, What is the natural progression of that? Obviously, when you're beginning, you don't go. I mean, are you implementing one piece uh, uh, at a time, or what does that do? Do you allow the do you allow the group to tell you when they're ready for a piece or a next step, or what does that look like? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so in, in that group, and in in my experience, um, we tried to have conversations or and, and utilize I statements. So, like for me, this passage is encouraging me to do this, or for me, what I see in this is like something that I can apply to this part of my life. Like I believe this to be true, or you know. So there's a, there's like a dozen people at the table, and if you look at their like if you had a chart on their faith journey to Jesus, they'd be in 12 totally different places, you know, like, like you might have someone who's, and and we knew, we all knew that and we all respected that. So it wasn't a debate. Um, Very rarely did it get into a debate on occasion. It did, but it was mostly just like, Hey, this is something that I I can take from this. Like, and then people be like, Oh yeah, I can resonate with that. Or people be like, Oh cool. That's interesting. Like, that's not what I see, but, um, but, yeah, glad to know that that's where you're coming from, you know? Yeah. So, like, a couple of examples, like, you know, there's there's me who'd been a Christian all his life um, and was a pastor, went to seminary, you know, and, like, I would still grow from the conversation around the table. We had folks that were, you know, uh, been Christian a while but got burned by a church or burned by fundamentalism or um, and, and we're kind of coming back uh, with still strong faith but with a mistrust in the church mm-hmm. um, we had folks that like were spiritually curious like hey like I've been having these encounters with God but I don't know anything about this God that I'm having encounters with like yeah. this seems like a cool place to explore like maybe this is the God that is in the scriptures the God that I've, I've been interacting with uh, we had folks that were like an anarchist who just was interested in Jesus's politics because he was like, I like the way Jesus challenged power. Okay, was like, cool, come hang out. <laughs> we can talk about that. Uh, we had a, a young woman who was Jewish um, but lived in the South. She's like, you can't live in the South and not interact with Christianity all the time, so I'd love to just understand Christianity better. This seems like a safe place for me to ask questions and learn about it without someone trying to convert me. So like, there's just like all kinds of cool stuff happening in in the conversation.
0: Yeah. So how many of those have you facilitated, planted, started and been a part of, I mean, over the course of your career?
1: Yeah, so me personally, uh, so I I, I helped start the the Boone Saloon group, uh, helped start a group at the homeless shelter in Boone, um, helped start one at the county jail, uh helped start um, one at a coffee shop, it's kind of like a morning devotion um, where we'd read a, a psalm each morning and just talk about it together and drink some coffee. Um, helped start a poetry group, uh, which was awesome, just like writing poetry together, sharing our lives through poetry. Um, I've started uh, a Who Let the Dads Out group, which is a group for dads. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good dad pun, uh, but uh, we would just do fun things together about once a month. Um, did that in the last town that I lived in, so I think it lasts like a year and a half, something like that, and now I've, a year ago, moved to a new town trying to think of what to start. I'm kind of on the beginnings of creating a, a pickup soccer uh, game, uh, like a weekly pickup soccer game is my idea of, yeah. and I'm not sure if it would be a, a spiritual community or not, but uh would start with the the soccer part
0: but also here we're centered on authentic community and that's what i mean it literally is the essence of what you're doing which is uh incredible to me that's you know when we were together a few weeks ago in florida and we were talking over you were drinking blueberry beer Um, (laughs) as we were talking about this i was like well i have not thought about asking luke to come on yet i mean that um that uh so um so what are some of your favorite stories so we're storytellers um i can only imagine in some of these scenarios and and um, uh, spots that you've been in and people that you um are doing life with what are some of your favorite stories like the ones that you tell over and over again
1: yeah so there's one guy in particular we'll call him uh dan danny uh that's not his name but i have probably a dozen of danny stories uh but one uh where my wife and i hosted easter dinner or easter lunch uh maybe it's dinner um at uh at our house and so uh this was kind of in the, in the middle of king street church uh those six years maybe three or four or five years in and um and we just, you know, we didn't have Easter plans uh, for with family, and we knew a lot of our friends didn't. So we we're like, oh, let's have Easter dinner in our house. Um, so we got some uh, some tables from the church, just set them up in our living room, uh, cooked a honey ham, all that. Um, and then I went over to the uh, homeless shelter to pick up some of the folks um, that we were in relationship with and um, in community with. And we're driving. I, ha- I had this. Uh, beater of a honda odyssey yeah. uh, that my mother-in-law had given me like the electric doors were broken so you had to like use all your might to slam them shut and like uh it had leather seats but they were like all worn out and it, the thing was awesome but uh we drove that into the ground uh, anyways so got the minivan loaded up uh danny's in the back and i hear him ask another guy for cigarettes uh, for a cigarette and the guy goes Nope. He said, oh, so he says, uh, Johnny, you got any cigarettes? He says, nope, go fish. Uh, so, like, we <laughs> were just all cracking up in the, in the back of the van uh, or in the van on the ride to the house. And then get to the house, there's, like, folks experiencing homelessness. There's a guy who used to be in, like, upper management of hospitals, like, real wealthy uh, guy. Uh, there's uh, my I think my parents were there there's like folks who um, you know grew up in foster care system folks uh, w- who have gotten out of the like probably half have some kind of criminal record uh, folks just yeah com- some college students uh, from like middle class college students yeah. like just like a, a wild bunch yeah. um, and just eating eating a Easter meal together at the end we uh, we watched a, a video from oh, I'm going to forget the name of those videos it's like Liturgy of the People or something like that. There's these cool videos and it was uh, a, a former friend of uh, Oscar Romero and he talked about how friendship was the greatest sign of the resurrection so we just talked about friendship and mm. as yeah the to me that illustrated a A beautiful time in our community a beautiful moment in uh in my ministry of uh something that uh jonathan wilson hartgrove named uh surprising friendships Mm -hmm. just like the people you never think you'd get to be friends with um and those are just the the most enriching friendships you'll ever have in your life um and yeah that was just one of those moments uh, one of those glimpses of it
0: yeah awesome man um so now in your work, how often are you um, practicing that? I mean, does your work keep you so busy helping others do that or, or are you able to to do it as well, I guess is what I'm saying. Are you practicing or are you leading others or both?
1: Yeah, both. I mean, I, I think I talk about it a lot more than I do it these days. <laughs> um, you know, when I was at uh, King Street Church, you know i got to do it all week which is yeah. awesome and then now I'm, I'm i'm yeah i'm helping other folks do it but i can't help but have the my eyes on and 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 be thinking about it so like um and it's it's actually it's nice now because it's there's not as much pressure to move a community along i can really take my time and be uh authentic and, and just be be about building relationships mm-hmm. and not in a rush uh, so i kind of feel more like a lay person in my uh, community work now yeah. which is actually a really helpful perspective yeah. uh, for my work because when i was starting um, starting communities at king street church you know i had all week to do it but like fresh expressions really ideally is a lay led movement and lay people don't have all week to yeah. <laughs> be building communities like people are real busy yeah. um and, and so yeah I'm busy with my day job um busy with two little kids and a wife and um and all that uh fun stuff and so like I, I don't have 20 hours to work on a community I have an hour or two a week you know like yeah. um so yeah we're, we're really intentional about building relationships in our neighborhood my wife is like, she's a way better church planter than me, even though she's not one. Yeah. Uh, she's, like, super extroverted. Uh, we live in this circle in... Uh, it's called Denver, North Carolina, and it's a it's an older community, so there's a lot of folks in their 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. some in their 90s. They, like, uh, bought the house when it was first built 35 years ago and haven't... Uh, we'll, we'll die in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the person we bought the house... From was a, a kid of a someone that did that you know like they died in the house before us so um, so there's a lot of older folks but then that's there's not, also some
0: that's not cre- <laughs> that's not creepy at all <laughs> yeah.
1: Has, hasn't been haunted yet that I know <laughs> of so sorry I could not
0: let that just slide by <laughs> oh oh my god okay yeah but
1: yeah like the the neighbors they have this like like very strong memories and and like Uh, images of our house from the guy that lived there before like he was this like old veteran who'd sit on the front porch in the rocking chair and just uh, he'd be harassing the construction workers that would come in and work on a house or something like he was just one of those funny old guys but um, anyways yeah so like Jenna she probably knows half of the neighbors on the circle already it's probably 40 50 houses she knows half like um, and we really know the, the folks, uh, on our part of the circle. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we're just very intentional about that. And, um, and then I just kind of slowly look for what's a community that I, I'd be interested in building in this community sure. or in this town. Yeah. Um, so I floated the idea of doing a poetry group again. Um, but I started going to this, uh, pickup soccer game in the town where we used to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a twenty three minute drive, which is the biggest bummer about it. Well, the second biggest bummer. The other biggest bummer is it starts at nine o'clock at night. Uh, <laughs> so you get there at nine and the game goes like the game goes sometimes past ten thirty, but I leave at ten thirty and mm. I'm like, I can't get home past eleven. yeah. Um, but it's it was the most fun I've had in a really long time, yeah. like playing pickup soccer. it's it's called low in- casual intensity. so like, no slide tackling there's no like hurting other people yeah but it's still pretty good pace um but it's perfect for a, a person like me who hadn't ran uh, sprinted in like 10 years that blow hammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so so those... yeah i started going to go ahead sorry oh sorry i was gonna say i started going to that and i was like man i would love to have something like this a little closer to home and a little earlier in the night yeah. uh,
0: so you're so. thinking of doing that then
1: yeah, yeah, and I, so I found a few people that are interested in helping start one and um, folks out in the community, and f- I think we might have found a spot we're working on. So
0: Awesome. Yeah, talking about blowing a hammy, so the last few years that I was in student ministry, I realized, you know, you get, get to playing with the kiddos, whether it be flag football or, you know, whatever, capture the flag at night, or, and you try to turn on, turn on that speed one time. And you realize I probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, hamstrings go to barking. So uh, a few weeks ago, I had one of my very best friends, um, Brooke Kitchens on, and so um, Brooke is from North Carolina. Well, she's from Georgia. Graduated high school in North Carolina, but she went to App State. And I don't, I don't know if you remember us talking about this, but um, after I first met you, so I just met you what August, I guess, in Dayton, Ohio. Um, we had gathered there for uh, to learn together and um, uh, but but when it came out you know I found out that you were from North Carolina had been to App State and Boone and um, I got home and was talking to Brooke about you you know hey I met this dude he's freaking amazing and he went to App State he went to Boone and, and so she got to asking all these questions well you all were part of the same campus ministry and, oh, that's and, cool. and how in the world you didn't overlap so she like later she was like I looked up that guy you said was so cool and I forget now I'd be making it up but there's ever how many friends on Facebook that you all have in common and they're uh-huh. all friends from that campus ministry that student ministry and um, which I thought was really really cool but that I'm using cool. that to kind of segue a little bit into your story um so you know you shared a minute ago um you know that you've pretty much been a lifelong christian um tell us about about your story about you know you can you can start wherever you choose sure. but um just you your 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 faith journey, your development your story, the consistency of community in that um I have not heard this, and so I would love if you'd be willing to share I'd love to hear yeah. Uh, that part of your story
1: sure yeah so i I grew up in western massachusetts um in a small college town um on the connecticut river called northampton it's it's pretty close to umass amherst um so western mass is uh in this particular area of western mass is considered one of the most post-christian areas of the united states like barna did the research and it was right at the top (laughs) Mm. um and so I grew up, my parents, uh, I, I was baptized as an infant um, in a actually a reformed church out in Washington State where I was born. Then we moved to Massachusetts when I was three and grew up going to church every Sunday um, in a, a fairly like, like, not like super conservative, but like pretty like fairly conservative uh, kind of it was it a was non-denominational church, but kind of Baptist-ish, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so grew up going there every week. Uh, I remember, like, being a part of the children's ministry. I just remember having a faith uh, just from as long as I can remember. Um, and then uh, as I got older, being a part of youth group, um, middle school, uh, and pretty quickly was part of the youth group band, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so involved in worship leading, um, and, and in youth group, it, it was like like the the faith that was kind of landing. And I don't know, uh, how, you know how exactly it was presented to me. But the faith that was landing was like, all right, do these things, don't do these things, say these things, and you get your ticket to heaven, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the meantime, I'm going to public school where like no one else goes to church. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there was a lot of cultural um, Catholic folks, and within that, some of the some of those uh, kids took their faith seriously, but most of them at that point didn't. Um, a lot of them now do, which is cool to see. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was also a lot of cultural um, Jewish folks, um, and then within that, a few folks that were took their faith really seriously as well. Uh, but for the lion's share of our of the schools, especially high schools, what I can remember, you know, best was like, there was not a lot of people that took uh, any of their, any faith serious, you know, it was um, pretty uh, post-Christian or, 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 I don't know, like secular necessarily, because I think people probably had some kind of belief, but it was, yeah, not a, a like, I, I was one of the very few people that took my faith seriously and went to uh to a worship service every week, you know? Um, so I, as I was getting into kind of middle school, that, uh, version of, of faith that kind of do this, don't do that. Um, say this was starting to kind of lose its grip on me. Mm Um, and was starting to lose interest and, uh, was kind of moving away from it when I uh, went to high school and started going to Young Life, um, which my older siblings had gone to. Okay. Uh, it was over in Amherst, and the uh, the guy who led it, his name's Dave Wench, and he was the first person uh, that like presented to me the faith in a in a way that really compelled me. Um, him and a guy named uh, Joe Boba, uh, there were two mentors that like, uh, so Joe led the, uh, the worship band in, in the youth group and just super faithful, humble leader, uh, loved scripture, like, like could quote any letter of Paul, like word for word, random verses, had it for everything, like just pure dude. But then Dave Wench too, like he, the way he he looked at the gospel, the way that he looked at Jesus, uh, was just what I wanted. Um, he he saw life as um, an adventure that we get to to walk alongside Christ in. That like like being a part of being a Jesus follower wasn't this, like, boring thing where you say no to all the fun things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was, like, the most fun you could have. Like, you will go on the wildest adventure of your life if you follow this Jesus guy. Yeah. Um, and, like, the stuff that sounds like it's super fun, actually, like, it's not going to be that fun when you get down to it. Yeah. Like, the thing that's really going to give you deep joy is following Jesus where he takes you. Um, and so, like that was a compelling message to me as a ninth grader. And and then throughout high school, like, okay, like this, this is what I, this is the faith that I want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for him, it was all about, you know, loving Jesus, following Jesus. And it was about adventure. It was about relationships. um, All the other stuff, like, kind of came behind that. Like, if if you're in relationship with God and you're in relationship with the people around you, um if you were uh, faithful in, in in following Jesus on that adventure, like it's going to be a good life. Um, and so that that compelled me then it still compels me uh, today. Yeah
0: Yeah, so that's middle school did, and high school you said. And yep. so then what about let's talk through the transition then from there to college because that's usually the gap in the sidewalk, right? So I remember being like, At big stuff camps 2010 maybe and Reggie Joyner's speaking Uh, you know they got the they got the big room and they got all the kids and all the the, you know the whole thing and and then they have this breakout quiet room for adults and volunteers and Reggie I think maybe towards the end of the conference whatever Reggie was one of the speakers and you know, the, the, the stat that he shared at that time was, you know, uh, upon high school graduation, 80-something percent uh, of professing mm. believers will leave uh, organized faith, um, and only 30-something percent of those will return, and it's often after the birth of their first child. And mm. I remember sitting in that room hearing that, pretty new to student ministry, and um, Thinking, okay, so we are doing everything that we can as a team to love kids and and bring them along in Christ, introduce them to Jesus, and and do life with them. Uh, but to what end? Like, so we're 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 working and praying and loving and and all of the things. But if we're only going to get them to this place, and then the statistics say this is going to be what's going to happen, how do we? Um, Become proactive. How do we start to try to put something in place to remedy that? And um, and so we tried. Uh, we tried, and and um, we, as with anything, ministry wise, you get some things right and you get some things wrong, and you just keep trying. And in the end, um, our college and career age ministry ended up making it. Ended up taking after. Um, after a year or so but just in your story so you have this kind of coming alive this this transition from rules and regulations into um, relationship and this freedom um, to go on an adventure when you bridge I can imagine moving from Massachusetts to North Carolina in and of itself is probably a a culture shock oh yeah a shift (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) Um, so let's talk about that a little landing in Boone um, yep. But then also uh, the intentionality and, and who came into your life. How did relationship play a part in bridging that gap so that you didn't become a statistic?
1: Yep. Yeah, so the culture shock is the first time I went to Bojangles. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And the lady said, I, I was like, I'll, I'll take a sausage biscuit. She's like, cool, you want bar rounds of that? I was like, what? She's <laughs> like, you want bar of that? I was like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> she pointed to the hash browns. She's like, bow rounds. Like, oh, yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> so before we move no. on from that,
0: keep your train of thought, but i got to tell you this. Cause it's, so we moved three years ago. We moved some, from South Georgia to the Midwest. So we're in Columbia, Missouri right now. And, um, you know, you talk about a culture shock, and I sound the way that I sound or whatever. And so it, at to this day, literally, Luke, to this day, when I go through drive throughs and they say, can I get a name for the order? And I say, Ben. And they're like, Dan? And I'm like, no, Ben. <laughs> and they're like, Ben? <laughs> like Spanish for good? And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like, no, Ben. And they're like, I mean, it's, it's all over the map. So um, I, I reverted to Benjamin. But then I realized that people couldn't spell Benjamin. So now I'm Lee. Now, so can I get a name for the order, Lee? And that's funny. Yeah, and it's spelled L-I-L-E-L-E-I-G-H. There's all kinds <laughs> of things. So anyway, yeah, the cultural shock. So you move there, you get to bojangles.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet tea. I I still not like crazy about sweet tea, but like it's definitely better than like iced tea. Yeah. Up north. Sure. But um, but yeah. So I I got down there, and for me, like one of, i i didn't really have like a a faith crisis but i i think my faith took a little bit of a backslide in that like all i hung out with was christians once i got to north carolina oh yeah um so like for when i was a freshman i hung out with some some guys in my freshman hall for about a month and they were like a couple of a couple of them were just real punks and then I started going to the <laughs> the Wesley Foundation, mm-hmm. um, so the Methodist United Methodist Campus Ministry, and uh, just met some of my lifelong best friends there, like pretty quickly. Yeah, and so like uh, just got just dove headfirst into that community because mm-hmm. i had never like, um, you know, like even at Young Life in high school, like it was folks that were. You know, some of them were pretty strong Christians, but a lot of them weren't sure. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this was the first time I, like, jumped headfirst into a group of folks that, like, I really shared a, a level of faith with. Mm-hmm. And it was – I loved it, you know. It was like – but then after a year or two, kind of realizing, oh, wow, all of my friends are, like, Christian, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, – but, yeah, I loved the Wesley Foundation. That was where I found my community in college and, like – Just met a couple of really solid guys that like challenged my faith, helped me to grow, helped me to um, to reach new depths, helped me to discern my call to ministry. Because like by the end of high school, I was already feeling called to ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, wasn't quite sure what that meant or what it would look like, Um, but yeah. So that was a a really important place for me. Like it was just uh, a really cool group of really strong. Um, Christians, um, and, uh, fun, like good people. And then also started getting involved at Boone United Methodist Church my freshman year. Um, and sophomore year was asked to, uh, be the worship leader for a contemporary service that was just starting up. Um, so then that was like first taste of being involved in church every week. Mm -hmm. Um, and I loved it. It was really great. Um, And then also began a kind of my uh, kind of community-focused calling, emerged out of leading worship uh, and taking some classes on social problems. I ended up uh, majoring in social work and then doing some volunteer work at a local nonprofit that was working with folks in Appalachian generational poverty. Um, so just started to like kind of have my, uh, my privileged, uh, lens, uh, kind of broken and and seeing the world around me that was always there that I hadn't really seen, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and started to see it and, and started to feel God challenging me to not just see it and ignore it. Um, and so then, uh, read this verse in Amos. It's like, away with the noise of your symbols. Let justice roll down like a river. I was like, oh snap! Like, am I worship? Is my worship leading those symbols that God's telling to like? Yeah. Like, no, I don't want that. If you're not going to be uh, pursuing justice for the oppressed, mm-hmm. um, so started uh, discerning how our church could become more involved in local missions, and then. Um, that got me out in the community and eventually kind of led to our Fresh Expressions Network.
0: Wow. So, and so, so, so many people, they, they discern or feel a call to ministry and feel like they got to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like it, like you have to, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a college freshman feeling the pressure to declare a major. You know, it's like, I feel God drawing me into this I feel like there's purpose and meaning for my life and maybe vocational ministry is where the Lord's lead me but isn't it isn't it beautiful the way that your calling actually finds you Um, Mm -hmm. through relationship through successes and failures Um, I know in my own life as much through failure um, as through success that kind of this way uh, finds Finds you as far as ministry goes, and um, uh, as long as we're open and pliable, we end up where we are intended to be. Would you agree with that? I mean, as long as we're yeah. open, um, yep, we end up. Yeah, where and it, we're
1: supposed to be. you know people people like to ask like where do you see yourself in five years or whatever. Yeah, and I whenever somebody asks me that, I say I have no clue. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I yeah I wouldn't have predicted any of the changes that I've uh, or the pivots that have happened in my ministry, you know, like just along for the ride. And, um, and I've loved each one of them. So.
0: Yeah. Trying to follow Jesus. And it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, uh, authentically following Jesus takes a lot of guts because there's so much uncertainty, right? I mean, the unknown um, and this facade of control is broken down um, to where we understand we're really not in control Um, just the just the opportunity to be obedient Uh, the other thing my lived experience at least is obedience is seldom comfortable or convenient so so there are times where we have the feel goods you know but uh, uh, oftentimes uh, when we are when the lord uh, by the spirit of god is leading us into something it more times than not it's not comfortable and it's yeah. not convenient have, have has that been your experience
1: yeah yeah i think calling yeah is the thing that you know you have to do um and sometimes it it, it comes out of your deep joy you know mm-hmm. um and deep gladness but other times yeah it's it's hard you know and then people we always see is the like good parts of of other people's lives on social media you yeah. know like yeah. so like oh wow i wish my life was like theirs but you're not you're not seeing their whole life you know yeah. so yeah we talk you probably about wouldn't wish like
0: comparing your normal to everybody else's highlights yeah uh, which is a trap um yep without question is a trap so kind of uh, moving along then so you are at app um you get connected with the wesley foundation that then transitions you into work at boone um, mm-hmm. and so then where where does your story take you how does how does God lead
1: yep yeah so I stayed the worship leader for four and a half years um, or four years I guess and uh, and then ha- ha- was kind of on a volunteer basis helping with local missions at the church okay. and a new senior pastor came Jason Bie and he said if I stuck around after graduation he thought, he might be able to get uh, like a missions pastor job for me at the church, um, and so I uh, got married a month after I graduated. Um, we had like <laughs> like we pr- before we had like wedding gifts. We probably each had like five hundred bucks in our bank account. Like wow. <laughs> uh, we rented this little garage apartment uh, above a two car garage yeah. is five, like 450 square feet, had like a bed in one corner and a fridge and a kitchen, in the other corner yeah. bathroom. Um, but yeah, so we rented that thing. And then I worked, uh, my wife worked at a hotel or like a little bit more than minimum wage. I worked random jobs. So like I was riding on the back of a trash truck for a couple months. Yeah. Um, uh, cleaning hot tubs uh, oh, sh- for like after <laughs> oh, no. uh, yeah log cabin rentals so like Dude, people come give up me the mountains the
0: trash truck ten out of ten <laughs> over the hot tub cleaning
1: yeah uh, I don't know man like the trash <laughs> truck you get you get backsplash like yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so is this was common theme so we've <laughs> had this is this is only episode ten for us no kidding three out of ten. Uh, So 30% has come up with taking out the trash, uh, being the janitor, and now riding the trash truck. Um, That's awesome. There is a common theme, I guess, among uh, (laughs) my people, folks that I'm naturally drawn to. uh,
1: (laughs) There you uh, go. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so uh, riding the trash truck, cleaning uh, hot tubs at vacation rentals.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I did that for about like six months. Uh, another one that I was doing at the same time, I do some odd jobs, and then I was a fly fishing guide. So that one was fun. Oh, cool. So there's um,
0: a balance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, I got to take people out in the river and catch trout and um, teach them how to fly fish. So that was good. Um, but, yeah, then eventually the senior pastor, he's like, hey, we want to hire you as a missions pastor. And so I, I started that. Uh, and pretty quickly after starting that, I was like, uh, I I want to be in full time ministry for my career, like for my uh the rest of my career. And so I was like, I probably need to go to seminary, but I don't want to leave this job in this community that I love. So, uh, senior pastor pointed me to Asbury that had a, a distance uh, program. So did two thirds online and went up in the summers in January. So started that. Took four years. Um, the last couple years of that, I was doing King Street Church, but. Um, got ordained in the United Methodist Church, kind of rewinding. So when they hired me as the missions pastor, I kept doing the local mission stuff and then also helped with international missions. Um, So it's, you know, church 500 to 600 people on Sunday mornings. So um, we were real active in in missions and got some really great experiences through that and um, built a lot of connections out in the community, but they were always... Like even when we tried to incorporate empowerment, uh, there there was always this like in unequal, imbalanced kind of relationship that we were building with people in the community. And I, I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't see it leading to long term liberation. Like it was like even when we tried to move it beyond kind of band aid charity, it just it kinda of got stuck in that space. Mm. Um and so, after a couple of years, of that, I was pretty burned out on it. Um, I was just struggling figuring out how to get it beyond that. And the senior pastor asked if I wanted to start a new campus in the downtown area of Boone. Um, and I said yes. Like I want to, I want to keep doing this kind of like uh, focusing on folks on the margins, uh, but I, I want to try a different angle at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the opportunity to do that.
0: So uh, did that become King Street?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that became a network of fresh expressions, and um, yeah, the first year we mainly connected with kind of young twenty somethings, hung out at the pubs and the coffee shops downtown. Mm-hmm. But pretty quickly we we got into the homeless shelter and the jail, and that uh, about half of our folks then started having would would have a criminal record, and mm-hmm. and that. Identity kind of shifted from the young twenty somethings to more folks kind of living on the the margins in Boone.
0: Yeah, prison ministry's rough, dude. I mean,
1: I, I loved it's it. It's
0: rewarding, but it is yeah, it's, it's can be. I mean, it can be taxing, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's a whole different beast.
1: Yeah, yeah. This so this was a county jail. Um and it was up in the mountains, so there's. It's not like gang sure. violence, or sure. it's not very much violence sure. at all. It's just a lot of drugs, yeah. a lot of addiction, yeah. a lot of stealing, a lot of, um, you know. There's. I mean, there's violence, uh, but uh, I, yeah, I never felt like nervous being in that space. Yeah. Um, b- besides the first week <laughs> going in, and hearing yeah. that. When you hear that lock go the click clink, for the first the clink, time,
0: yeah, in that weird little room where you walk through the <laughs> yep. first door and it closes, but then you're waiting for the one in front of you to open. Yep. That's yeah, it, yeah, that's yeah. And the guards. Moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the guards don't go in the room with you, so it's like, yeah. oh, okay, it's me. <laughs> yeah. So
0: when I was, uh, you know, much much younger, but um, still rodeoing full time, you know, and, and working the bullfights and stuff. um. There was a an older gentleman in our community that had a really, really um, strong prison ministry, and our paths crossed through some other ministry stuff, and he asked if I'd be willing to go in because he thought that the guys would like to hear, you know, my story specifically. You know, it was always, I don't know, I had to stay on guard because I didn't want what I did for a living to become a gimmick. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and so I always kind of push back a little but um, that career and those experiences then is what led this guy to invite me into these prisons and, um, gosh, it's, it's just different work. Uh, where we were, were, um, high security and there were, you yeah. know, um, some of that, but so King street was six years. Is that right? Yep. Tell me about that. Like what happened in those six years?
1: Yeah, yeah. So as I kind of said, like it initially had this kind of, kind of young twenty something, like almost like kind of hipster punk rock scene. Yeah. Like um, it was a really fun group of guys and, and gals, um, and we. That's when the Boone Saloon gathering started, mm-hmm. um, and that Boone Saloon gathering uh, went the whole six years and and kind of maintained that identity a little bit, but would would get a little bit. It would change a little bit as well. Um, but then we got so the the chaplain, volunteer chaplain at the homeless shelter got reappointed. She was United Methodist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, the homeless shelter staff knew me from some of the community work I'd done. And so they were like, Hey, would you be interested in coming over here and filling this role? And I said, Yeah, if I can start a, a fresh expression there too. And they were like, Perfect, we would love that. Wow. So, um, so we started a, a weekly gathering at the shelter and and just building relationships. Eating, I'd eat a meal on Monday night at the shelter, get to know folks, and then we'd just say, "Hey, Bible study in the computer room after house meeting if you want to come." Yeah, and um, and then just pretty much about the same time, uh, the county jail was looking for more uh, uh, spiritual volunteers. Um, so you went through a training, and then you could lead a Bible study, or you could lead a, uh, uh, yeah, mostly Bible study type stuff. So, um, so I w- would go in there, and uh, what was different about me was, like, like in both of those spaces, they were used to pretty conservative preachers, you know, and um, I'm, I'm like not a conservative preacher, and and like, I was fine talking to like, like talking with folks about faith that aren't. Christian at all, you know, or that are exploring. So yeah. it definitely had a different flavor. Um, one of my favorite memories was I was talking to this dude uh, at the saloon one night, and he was like, hey, uh, he, he would come to our Sunday night group, and he mentioned that he had a brother in the jail. And I was like, oh, like, has he come to our um, to our Bible study at the jail? He's like... No, he he didn't want to come to it. He heard you had a a church in the pub. (laughs) I was like, yo, I'm getting judged by guys that are locked up.
0: (laughs) So the guy in jail didn't want to come to your Bible study because he heard you had a Bible study in a bar.
1: Yeah, I was obviously a sinner, you know. Dude, that is gold. That's funny.
0: Did you ever win him over?
1: I don't think so. I, I think he was probably out by the time I realized that he was in there. So yeah. um, I don't even remember meeting him, but I just thought that was hilarious that he was like, no, nah, I can't go to that Bible study. He he has a church and a pub. in a
0: bar, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and so then after that, did you go from King Street to the work with the conference, or was there something in between?
1: Yeah, so there was two years where I did both. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So 2017, uh, the conference asked if on a part-time basis I'd help uh, other churches in the conference start Fresh Expressions. Yeah. And so uh, it was like 40% of my week, so the, the conference paid Boon for my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just made a full-time appointment, which was perfect. Yeah. Uh, and so we did a couple of big big kind of Fresh Expression Vision Day events. We did some cohorts. um, I would go talk to groups and churches and uh, try to stir it up uh, and then did some stuff at annual conference. And then in 2019, uh, the conference asked if I'd come full-time. Wow. Um, so uh, we really then were able to kind of pour full, fully into it. Um, mm-hmm. And we moved from Boone to uh, Huntersville, which is a suburb of Charlotte. Okay. Uh, and the pandemic hit six months later. Yeah, so. no that was wild, but yeah,
0: we moved in. We moved in the middle of the, or at the beginning of the pandemic too, so I feel you yeah. on that. Um, so, uh, two more things, and and we can wrap up. You've been so generous. Um, one, I want to talk a little bit about um, the Listening Church. Um, <laughs> it is, dude. Uh, when you were first, I don't even know if you handed me something or maybe I got a sticker or what it was. Like the Listening Church, and I went on there. And which is it, the amount of work that you've put in to that site is staggering. But it's, but you don't, I didn't see it at first glance. So, like, I opened the site and it's like the landing page and what about and then whatever was next the, the PDF, the plan. Uh, the plan. And yeah. so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I like the look of this. It looks minimalistic. And then, you know, there's only a couple things to click on. Like, um, And so because it's you and because I like you, I went and started kind of poking around in it, um, signed up for your newsletter. So those of you um, that are listening or watching this, uh, I, I encourage you to go to the listening church or listening, the listening church or the li-
1: Yeah, thelisteningchurch.com. Go
0: to thelisteningchurch.com. There will be a pop-up and sign up for Luke's uh, newsletter. Uh, It is absolutely 100% worth it. But the the site itself, and it wasn't until we were together in Florida just a few weeks ago, um, I got to hear you present for the first time, which was incredible, Um, the story of your night at the— (laughs) The story of you and your family's night at the dirt track um, was great but just to hear you um, speak teach um, was incredible to me Um, and so then on the back side of that when I got home again uh, I went back to the site and started to look at the actual PDF the download and that's where my mind was blown because each of those boxes um every single one of those boxes have interactive that's where the depth and width came in um to the point that you know that one half day that one morning that i was exploring it it kind of became overwhelming you know i had to back (laughs) out a little bit and, and begin to think like okay if we are going to attempt to implement this where do we start so if you would just in the time that we have left uh, talk through your heart behind Listening Church. How did it come to be all the time, effort, energy that you've poured in to that, and kind of um, your hope, your, your, your um, offering?
1: Uh. Yeah. Yeah, so when I started uh, King Street Church, we discovered the Fresh Expressions movement. So we were kind of doing it before we knew to call it a Fresh Expression. And when I learned about Fresh Expressions— uh, I learned about the Fresh Expressions journey, which is these six steps that Fresh Expressions go through, and that's what my book is written on. There's yes. a chapter for each of them. Yeah. But the first one's listening, and like, they Fresh Expressions just very emphasize emphasizes the fact that like, too often we start ministries without ever asking our neighbors if they even want them. You know, like, wow. um, yeah. too often we we come back from a conference with an idea, and we're like, hey, let's try it. Um, Instead of starting with, like, listening to God and listening to our neighbors. Um, And so that's been something I've taught for, you know, uh, 10 years now. Uh, And it's something I've utilized as I've started Fresh Expressions and then something I've pointed others to do. Um, And so, you know, I started developing some suggestions, um, a couple of activities here and there that I could give to a church to, to go out and listen Um, And then when uh, Michael Beck uh, knocked on my door for the 10th time and said, Luke, are you going to join this doctorate, uh, this Fresh Expressions focus group at uh, United um, in their doctoral studies? Um, And I had told him no a couple of times. And then he was like, all right, well, uh, he he knocked on my door another time and and said, hey, will you be the doctoral assistant? I was like, ah, okay, fine. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to do it. (laughs) Um, And so I – You know, you pick a topic, something like that you're passionate about, something you utilize in your ministry, something that you can develop a a tool for, a project around that you can provide to the church. Um, And so I was like, I I think I want to use these three years to really develop a a comprehensive listening plan or listening process for a church to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And... one, you can use it for starting a fresh expression or starting a new outreach. But other, there's lots of other uses for it too. Like it's it's a, a way of um, just taking an assessment of where your church is at and where you're going. It, it can help you pivot uh, in if you're feeling stuck. It can um, it can give you a community direction. Um, it can help you discern what to stop doing if you're doing too much and you need to cut back. You know, like. Uh, it's getting used by folks starting new faith, like new churches. So it's it's this idea of, uh, so it's three columns, four activities in each. Um, and there it's listening to God is one column, listening to your congregation. Um, so the like dreams, visions, values of your congregation, mm-hmm. um, and then listening to your neighbor. And then that listening to your neighbor and really the whole thing is trying to be more holistic about this, like, This isn't a businessy, like, uh, you know, slimy consultant coming in and saying like, "You need a better business plan," because we got to run this church like a a business, and you got to know your market and you got to sell it better. Like, no, this is like, like, let's listen to the Holy Spirit uh, more, let's listen to God more, um, and let's listen to our neighbors more, so that we can, uh, you know, be be closer aligned with the Holy Spirit in our ministry. and so, it also brings so it brings that holistic piece of, of being a spiritual like process, um, but it also brings this holistic view of our neighbors. To like, when I started those local missions that first uh, time in college, mm-hmm. like I didn't view my neighbors in a, as whole people. I viewed them as needs to be met, and that was wrong. Like, wow, and um, and it the ministry that emerged from it wasn't holistic then because I wasn't listening in a whole holistic way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me with, uh, the listening plan, I wanted to fix that and like have it be a holistic listening to our neighbors. So like, you know, what are, what are, what do my neighbors care about? What do they love to do? What are their gifts? Where do they spend their time? What are their spiritual practices that they already have? Uh, what would they be looking for in a new faith community if they were to, to join one? Um, what are the things that they long for to see, they long to see in the community? The things that are missing, um, and then uh, what what are the ways that the the community is set up under the surface? What are the systems that are going on behind the scenes? Um, and so it's it's a the activities then are a lot more holistic mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just doing a needs assessment, which is what I did that first time as a college student.
0: And that's so if somebody, uh, somebody listening to this, they decide to go to thelisteningchurch.com, uh, sign up for your newsletter, get the downloadable PDF interactive on that. I mean, are you, are, would your suggestion be column one, block one, right down the left hand column, right down the center column, and then right, I mean, in that order, or that would be?
1: Uh, so there's a million possibilities with it kind of intentionally. So look, like, um, one, like, people pay, like, a lot of money to hire a consultant to do this kind of process with sure. them. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so this is free. Like, I, I personally don't think you need a consultant to help you do this. Like, mm-hmm. like maybe you need – you might be in a situation where it would be helpful to have someone helping your church reflect on the things that they're learning mm-hmm. as they go through it. But but to me, like, it was important for me to offer this for free for the church. And what, I, what I've seen with it is, like, you can just – Adapt it to your churches, uh, where your church is at. So, like, maybe your church could just use one activity to kind of go out and re- get to know the neighbors at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe your church wants to start a, a listening process and has capacity to do one or two activities from each column. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you're a, a, I've seen it used for pastors moving into a new church and they'll use it to learn their congregation in their uh neighborhood. Wow. Um I've seen it used by church planters um that are starting a whole new congregation. Um So yeah, it's it's a cool tool that you can just adapt and use how you need it and throw out the stuff you don't need.
0: Yeah, and free. Yeah. Which is a gift. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible to me. All right, last topic and then we'll wrap up uh your book. We've talked about your book. We've referenced your book. Um, It's available, I got it on Kindle, but it's available through Amazon or any major book retailers. Um, Becoming Church, a a trail guide uh, for starting these Fresh Expressions. Uh, You said there's kind of six pieces or parts. Walk us through, just briefly please, walk us through that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned one of my favorite things that I learned from the fresh Expressions movement was this thing called the fresh expressions journey. Mm -hmm. It's the six steps that most fresh expressions go through. And so like, that was my centerpiece of teaching anybody about fresh expressions. Like uh, every phone call I had, every training I did, um, every one-on-one consult, like I'm going to mention the fresh expressions journey. And there was some good like chapters about it in books, but there wasn't a whole book just devoted to each of those. So it's like, I floated the idea by uh, Fresh Expressions US, so the national organization that um, is uh, helping churches start Fresh Expressions, and they, uh, I floated the idea by, uh, by them, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. So, um, so each chapter covers one of those circles. The first one's listening, which I mentioned, it's this idea of listening to God, listening to your neighbor. Um, trying to understand your community better so that you know what kind of faith community to, to create. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and then the next one is is loving people. It's, uh, that, that stage is about building relationships. So you, you invest in your existing relationships that you have out in the community, but you also find ways to make new ones. So um, in, in that listening stage, you might start feeling God pointing you to a, a specific group of people or a a specific gathering place in the community, Um, some kind of smaller group of folks in the community that God's drawing you to. Um, And so you start to build relationships in those spaces. So uh, maybe you're a – well, we both like to hunt. So or maybe you're a hunter. Um, And so you're like, all right, God, like I love to hunt. Like I definitely experience God when I'm out sitting in the deer stand, uh, you know, being in nature – Uh, God's presence is all around me out there. Um, Surely there's uh, some other people that I could connect with and and build a faith community around that. So Mm -hmm. you start to build relationships. You already got some hunting buddies uh, probably at that point, but you know there's more folks that like to hunt out in the community. So you you try to figure out what are ways that I can build relationships uh, with other hunters. You know, you go hang out at the processing place, uh, linger for a little bit longer, talk to some other folks about their hunt, you know, or um, you uh, hang out at the the local hunting store, you you know, whatever you find those uh, new relationships. And so that's what that second stage is about, building more relationships. And then out of that relationship building, you then uh, think about what would be a community that I could form, a micro-community. uh, a simple community uh, that you can form around this passion or with this group of folks I'm connecting with. So, like, all right, what's something that, like, we could create with these hunters? Like, yeah, I've been to something. Uh, it's like a, a, a sportsman fellowship. So, like, all right, once a month we're going to have a meal. We're going to cook up some game or yeah. some fish that we caught yeah. uh, and, and get these uh, guys together. Um, and so that's that's that building community. It's like it's addressing uh, like it's, it's creating a, a space for folks that you've connected with to interact together, to interact with you. You found something that like that group would love to do together and you're just building those relationships through community. So that's the third circle is building community. And the fourth one is exploring discipleship. So in between those two circles, you're looking for open doors where the Holy Spirit is just opening up a, a opportunity for spiritual conversations. Mm. And it might take a while, you know, it might take six months, it might take a year, it might take two years. It might never happen. Yeah. Like that's uh, with the, the only way for this process not to be manipulative is to be willing to just start a social community and be happy with it. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't force uh, folks openness to having spiritual conversations if if you do it's beat up
0: do you lose people or do they begin to withdraw when you attempt to implement the discipleship circle
1: yeah so the best way that i've seen that done so there's a couple ways that that transition happens one is if you've built a social community first Mm -hmm. you keep that one going and you start something in addition to it okay so like uh so we started our our imaginary sportsman fellowship dinner sure Um, We're doing that once a month. And, like, you know, we've got 30 hunters and fishermen that come to it. And you've had conversations about your faith with five or six of them. Um, And and they're asking you questions about, like, hey, man, you still go to church? Like, I used to go, but I can't stand that place. Like, what's keeping you going? And you tell them about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I still pray too. I just can't stand that, the being in church or, Mm -hmm. you know, or like, Hey, I heard heard you're involved with church. Like, what's up with that? Um, and you start talking about that. Or, hey, my my wife died, and I'm just devastated. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to go forward. What do I do? Um, like those conversations started to happen, and, yeah. and you you say, hey, would would you be interested in if if we had a, got a group together and just started talking about, you know, what our spiritual lives are like, or what it's like to experience God in nature and what that means and, um, and, and like, why does it, why do I feel like I come alive in some kind of way when I'm outside or when I'm, uh, hunting, you know, like, like let's, let's explore that. And so you got 30 coming to the fellowship meal and six come to the faith community part, you know? So it's in addition
0: to, it doesn't have to be interjected in to where you run people off. Yeah. You can start an after hours, if you will. Hey, we're going to meet. Yep. We're going to eat some really tasty game, hang out. And then after hours, if you'd like to hang out for a conversation, that's, here's an option, or we're going to meet at this other place. Or.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite ways. Like there's a hiking Fresh Expression in our conference. They did a social hike once a month and then a spiritual hike once a month. Oh, that's small um, Yeah. Yeah. So like just keep them both going at the same time. And uh, it's
0: presented that way. It's not a hoodwink. It's not like yeah. a, It's not like a, a bait and switch. Hey, come hike with exactly. us, but then when they get there, yep. Because that's not honoring, right? I mean, right?
1: Yeah, no, that sucks. Yeah, and people hate hate that, and that's a lot of people have been burned by stuff like that yeah, too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you gotta you gotta be committed to that social community part, um, and you can't. Yeah. All right. If you're not willing to go with me to the spiritual level, then see you later. Kind of. Yeah. That's that's beat up. Yeah. Um. So another way is to have just a a small spiritual element from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So like there's another hike in Fresh Expression where like they have a short little devotional kind of message at the trailhead Mm -hmm. and then they hike together. But it's like an approachable one. Sure. So like people from different perspectives don't feel threatened and they uh, get something out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you build off of that. Um, Or... uh, yeah, the, yeah, so those are the two kind of main ways that that transition typically happens. Um, and then with uh, the, the next circle then is church taking shape. So you've got this group that's kind of explored one aspect of faith. You know, maybe you're reading scripture together. Maybe you start praying together. Um, you know, maybe you're... Uh, serving the community together it, and so the, gradually you start to add more elements of church to that group Sure. Um, so like alright we've been reading scripture together what if we prayed together also or hey we got a couple of new uh, followers of Jesus like let me I'm going to tell you all about baptism anybody interested like yeah. you start having the sacraments you know you start having communion together like um, or like hey worship like what would that look like for this group like a bunch of hunters they're probably not going to want to sing songs together <laughs> but uh, but what would it look like to worship God together like maybe it's you know uh, praying together and sh- and a person sharing their story and, and thanking God for that or mm-hmm. you know like what are other ways that we can approach God's presence together um, in worship and then uh, another so so you start to add those elements in and a church starts to form. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea here is in that, all right, now that you've formed disciples, you send them over to Sunday morning. It's that this group becomes a church for them. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we, the next step uh, is often one fresh expression becomes multiple fresh expressions. You get a network going. That's the sixth um, circle. Yep yeah doing it again
0: yeah just repeat it and it's repeatable right yep yeah so awesome man uh for those of you all who are faithful listeners now you understand why uh i am drawn to and appreciate uh, luke edwards um yeah authenticity is key and uh you've got it in spades man thank you so much um for your time i know you're swamped um <laughs> and uh but for making time for us and and um to to have those um offerings like say thelisteningchurch.com um becoming church a trail guide for which oh, is actually built around the appalachian trail which i think is yeah. awesome um so uh those resources are there so luke I, uh the name of the podcast is the keep it simple podcast and um kind of cheesy i end every episode <laughs> uh it's a spinoff of annie f downs and that sounds fun you know um but uh, uh every episode except for gabe Barrett's, because uh, i forgot i end by just asking how do you keep it simple so luke edwards uh, how do you keep it simple
1: I I think the first thing I think of is the the faith that was handed to me by uh, Dave Winch and that simple love God, love your neighbor, be in relationship with God, be in relationship with your neighbor, and just follow Jesus on that adventure. It's pretty simple, pretty wild.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 the twists and turns, the peaks and valleys, uh, but in the end it's worth it, amen? amen amen man luke thank you so much Uh, i can't wait to be with you i guess we're going to be together again in january um and you'll have an opportunity to redeem yourself we'll get a a beer and (laughs) maybe it won't have fruit floating (laughs) in it i thank you so much for your time thanks Thanks
1: for coming on man i really really appreciate you Uh, yeah it's fun thanks see you brother